This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. This week, we are back with a double dose of game reviews. First, I talk about my love for the FPS game Bright Memory Infinite for the Nintendo Switch, as well as the 3D platform feline adventure game Stray for the PlayStation 5. And... I also talk about why Vince McMahon isn't the only thing that's corrupt with the WWE as 2K22 continues to malfunction. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show that gives you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. everybody and welcome back to another game filled episode of select start i am your host xavier josiah back with two reviews this week i'm picking up where i left off i'm trying to catch up here because of everything that happened with san diego comic-con it was so much information i knew i was going to be bombarded and you know overwhelmed with the information that we got so there's no way i was like i'm gonna put this show aside for now come back you know pamper it as much as i can like i am going to do this day and um you know, get back to the swing of things, and that's what we're going to do today. So, two game reviews, technically maybe three, because I got another recommendation that you guys may want to check out, uh, especially if you're into retro games and old school games like that. But, you know, we got a lot to talk about here. I'm not going to get into the uh, Madden situation right now, because I know there, you know, there's some issues going on right now in terms of the ratings. I just read it on Bleacher Report, uh, how, you know, 1,000 people called on the first day. <laughs> apparently i don't know enough about the rating system with madden in terms of like who should be rated so you know such and such and who should be a better athlete or whatever like that so i'm not getting into that and plus if i did know i probably would be just talking about that whole entire situation this whole entire time so i'm not going to take that up but that seems to be a thing today um you know a, a uh, espn.com actually put out this report talking about how um Madden fans, you know, called. There's a hotline apparently that you could call. And it, you know, if there's any complaints about the game, I guess, and, you know, there's problems with the rating system. Like if a, I guess if a player in the game, an athlete in the game is rated higher than they should, that may consider them to be a little bit unbalanced in the actual 
you know, situation in a simulation of the game. So there's a hotline that people are calling and apparently 1000 people called day one. So that is just crazy. Um, but that's how Madden is. Madden is one of those games that people take very seriously. Like, well, I mean, I, I mentioned a Madden challenge like years ago, like when you play these games and they have these you know, these esport competitions where you can win thousands of dollars and all this stuff. You want to make sure everything's on the up and up. So I get that. I really get that. So you want to make sure, you know, I don't know. I, I don't watch football like that. So I, I, I can't give a name as a good example. Um, I'll just say, I don't know if he's still around Peyton Manny, I guess, you know, um, if he was in the game and he was, you know, not that, he was not rated as high and the stats are not as you know good even though people know how really good he is i would have a complaint about that it was kind of like if, if you played um tecmo bowl back in the day in, in nintendo days there was a lot of imbalancing in this game like if you were bo jackson you can get through the game very easily because bo jackson was like the guy during that time so they they absolutely boosted him up majorly so in fact if any of you watch family guy one of my favorite episodes is when Peter is playing Tecmo Bowl with um, with Joe Quagmire in Cleveland, and he's using Bo Jackson. And everybody know when you play back in the day, Bo Jackson's that dude that you want to play. Just like when I used to play NBA, uh, what was it? Lakers versus Celtics, um, or Celtics versus Bulls. So, or or even like the um, the one when it, yeah, because both of them had the All Star game, and you can you know, play the all-star, um, team in there as well. But if you played as John Stockton, John Stockton was so fast in the game. You can, you could, you know, maneuver your way through everybody. And I would use John Stockton and I forgot, uh, maybe Tim Hardaway or something like that. And you know, cause John Stockton was good. And I think he was good at three um, pointers as well. So now I was only able to get through with him. I was able to know exactly what corner to go to, to you know, hit it. And I will win a lot of bets because of this, because knowing this, so I get it. I totally get it. Like, you know, they, they have the opportunity nowadays to nerf these, you know, these, um, these players back then you couldn't do it there, you know back in the nintendo day when tech mobile was out you couldn't nerf uh you know bo jackson you couldn't like because they didn't have you know we didn't have internet when um the internet was not a thing like now you talk about social media the internet was not a thing when tech mobile was out there was no such thing as the internet oh well, it was but it wasn't commercialized the government had the internet prior to this but it was never commercialized for public use until the late 80s and the 90s and um it's just amazing like how far we've gotten with this so yeah people take it very seriously i don't blame it at all it's just very funny just like if you're a wrestling fan you take your wrestling games very seriously and when you play games from 2k games it's hard to really take it seriously because they constantly are messing up their games and in particular wwe 2k 22 in the midst of everything that has happened for wwe which of course i'm mentioning vince mcmahon's quote-unquote retirement quote-unquote that i'm not joking my gameplay my game data officially uh somehow ended up corrupted the data was corrupted for universe mode so um 
everything that I built in universe mode is no longer. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That doesn't mean my uh, creative characters are also out of there too. They're safe. Um, the the all the the, the wrestling belts did not design. They're safe. The content that I put together is safe. The, the arenas, everything, all that, all of those are safe for now. But for some reason, I can no longer go into universe mode. And I'm not at this point. Honestly, I'm not pissed because I'm not surprised. And had this been my first rodeo, I would have been like, yeah, I would have been pissed like I was in um, with WWE 2K18. I've already went through this. I knew what I was getting myself into when I invested my time in playing that game. I realized this. I get it. I'm not mad because I expected this to happen because 2K games, much to how they, you know, their presentation looks or whatever like that. They're not that good of a development company. And I hate to say this and I really do, but it's I'm talking about 2018 where this game was a bloody mess, especially during a Nintendo Switch. And it's not stopping. It didn't it was been like that before that, but it's it was highly noticeable when they decided to try to put the port that into the um the Switch and then all these blemishes and happened and all these things were happening and they had no means or way of fixing it and then on top of that their customer service sucked so i'm not surprised and then 2019 came it was a little bit better 2020 came it was a disaster and that was at the time when you know ukes decided to just you know part ways with the company and just leaving them high and dry and then then they came back and everybody is just so happy about this company you know, and they're back and, you know, they got this new combo system where everything works better. And I'm not falling for it. I'm not follow, falling for this one bit. I'm like, yeah, the combo system's fun, but I also noticed some things because I thoroughly played this game so much that I know the ins and outs of this game already. The engine is slightly different, but it's the same. They just tweaked it a bit to not, you know, to not have the patent feel of, you know, control scheme of Ukes, which I'm sure that is a Ukes control scheme. Uh, that they're pattering off of, but kind of tweaked it. And, you know, it, it, it's, it was playable and it's always been playable. It was a little bit, it's, it is better than 20, but that's a low bar. And people, I don't care what people say, people are settling on the idea that this is a low bar, just like they were settling on the idea that Vince McMahon is a good person or he should be treated as such or praised as such. You're overlooking the idea that this is a not a good game just like he's not a good guy <laughs> you know and this whole thing's kind of a one in the same in a sense but now i have an issue where the game is corrupted the problem is is that i have no way to resolve this i've looked online i went to reddit i've seen and read a bunch of different suggestions on what to do i've tried those suggestions they did not work i went to Twitter and, you know, tried to see if anybody else knew about this. There were people who were liking it, but as if, as if they really, I guess they know what's going on and they probably been there before or, and then some of them replied, like they didn't have, they didn't go through that, but they have their own issues of things that are going on with the game. And whenever you talk about, you have issues. And especially if you show a picture of the issues, 2k support, 
pops in. I don't know if it's a bot that pops in whenever you, you know, maybe a keyword or a trigger word or something comes up like issues or something like that comes up, but they always seem to pop up and monitor the deal. And they suggest that you put out a ticket. Now, if any of you remember, if you, if any of you are mainstay listeners, um, that has been around with me for like since 2018, then, you know, I've had this issue before where I put out a ticket to 2k games and, I, and, and nothing came about it. They never solved a thing. They just took in data. Here's the thing. I'm like, um, if this is a, not a bot that is contacting me, then you should already have, you, you've already recognized that this, infor- this information is there. I'm, and I know I'm not the first one that has had this problem. Of course not, because I told you that I went on a Reddit and other people had the same issue. At some point, when is it going to be to the point that us as consumers, not fans, as consumers realize that 2K Games does not put out a solid game? This is why I am so looking forward to the AEW game. Whenever that comes out, that is being worked on not only by Ukes, but by the people who are the very uh, developer who brought us the Aki engine. I, I I can't wait. I can't. And it, at the end of the day, there's no guarantee that that's going to be a solid game either. But based on its resume and who's involved, it there's a little bit of a comfort right there. So. I am hoping that this all works out, uh, but 2K games, man, I, I I can't with them. So now if I play the game, I'm no longer able to play until they put out a patch, another update patch. I'm no longer able to play universe mode. I, I can't like even every time I start playing that game, it, it just there's a error message screen that comes up that says the file, the data is corrupted, um, you know, restart it, do it again. And I keep doing it no matter how many times I do it, it just doesn't. So what I have to do now, I'm just playing like the single player, like the modes that you're just playing. I'm doing tournament modes and all that stuff or just playing single, which I don't really want to do at all. So I'm only time I play it now is if I'm listening to like um, wrestling podcast or something like that. If I'm listening to wrestling observer or Sunday night's main event or something like that. I'll play it then because I'm, you know, if I feel like I'm being, I'm occupied and I'm in the groove of, you know, in the wrestling uh, mood right now. So I, yeah, that, that's, that's a thing. So I know more people are going through it. If anybody is listening, who's playing, um, 2k 22, WWE 2k 22 has gone through this, has troubleshooted this, please hit me up, you know, uh, hit me up on, um, you know, an ACMG Facebook group, come on to ACMG Facebook group, find me on instagram uh at dak xavier underscore josiah you know hit me up there if you got a suggestion let me know i'll be more than uh, happy you know and and really thankful that you do but it's just it's just really interesting right now that that happened just in the just in the midst of the news that Vince mcmahon has retired so you know by his own by his own decision and merit yeah whatever so there's that situation right there but enough about that the only reason why i'm also not mad about this is that i got other games that i can play other games that i can enjoy and when i talk about other wrestling games let's talk about saturday night slam master which made its return in capcom arcade stadium 2 it came out 
last week. Uh, another game I never got a chance to talk about, but it's back. Um, they added that to the library. I also uh, got Mega Man uh, Power Battle 1 and 2, which is also back there. I It feels so great to play Sunday, uh, Saturday Night Slam Masters. And what I love about what Capcom did here is that these games are not just to play, but they're really this year to enjoy and, and, and remember what made Capcom great. So what they did was they didn't, they don't, they just totally did not care about difficulty levels and challenges and everything. They just want you to enjoy and appreciate the legacy that they created. And to do that, they have, they put in all these different configuration settings, um, allowing you to play the game with ease, allow you to play, uh, have a setting for infinite mode, which is basically God mode, your, your gauge or whatever doesn't go down. You're constantly, you're going to win regardless <laughs> in, in, in any game that you choose to play in the game. And there's also a, you know, turbo button that you can do for certain games as well. So all that is there. I love what they did with this. This is awesome. So I'm enjoying Saturday night slam masters in a way that I've never got a chance to play, uh, you know, don't do before I played the super NES version. This is actually the actual arcade port that they're providing. And I finally get to, you know, enjoy this game for what it is. So I, I love it. I play the, uh, and of course you, the other additions that they added to the, uh, arcade, uh, stadiums is that, which is becoming a common feature now is that they're allowing you to rewind, rewind the gameplay, uh, to, you know, to, if you mess up, you can rewind it and, you know, correct the mistake that you made and try to maneuver it over. Um, the other thing is you can speed it up and speed your progress faster or whatever like that. You know, they have speed selections and what's the other one? You can save at the very part that you've left off. So you don't necessarily have to stay in, you know, cause this is an arcade game too. So like back in the day, you know, if you're in an arcade, there's no pause buttons in the arcade. You can't deal with that. There's a way to just save the progress that you made. Kind of sort of like reminiscent of the Neo Geo days when, um, for those who never had a Neo Geo before or don't know what Neo Geo is, it's one of the most expensive game consoles of all time still to this day. No game console ever to this day never cost $700 uh, for a console and then $200 for a cartridge. But within that amount of money, you would get this game card, this memory card, which you could take with you to the arcades and insert that card into the arcade cabinet uh, of the Neo Geo and pick up your progress where you left off. So you're playing at home, but you could play this card there and play it in the arcade there. It was a really cool gimmick at the time that they had, but like, this is kind of similar to what you're doing here. It's like, you're, you're pausing your progress at any time that you want and uh, you can pick up where you left off from there. So this is all standard issue things for, you know, uh, collector's editions of, you know, video games now. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Also, what I love about the Capcom or Arcade Stadium too, is that they're, Capcom recognizes that they've provided us with a lot of different collectors, um, you know, additions. Like we got the Street Fighter 30th anniversary collectors, which gives us every single Street Fighter ever created. We also have the fighting game uh, collector uh, collection that just came out recently. We also have the uh, fight, the beat em up bundle pack that came out recently. So RK Stadium gives you a little bit of each of those libraries all in one in a combination, plus some other games that we never played before. But if you already have those games, you don't have to buy the entire library 
just so you can own those games again. What I loved about this is that they allow you to purchase and buy each game individually if you want. So you could download the arcade if you want, and you could do two things. You could buy currency to play the games every so often, or you could build currency to play these games often, or you could play and pay for the full game, which is something I wish mobile games um, would do. Just let me pay for the entire game experience and that's it. I don't want to play for in-game currency and all this stuff. I hate this. Um, or, or in that purchases or whatever like that. So that's why I stopped playing mobile games. But here, I all I wanted was Saturday Night Slam Masters, Mega Man Power Battle 1 and 2. And that's it. For $3.99 each, you can buy it and play it in as many times as you want. Mega Man Power Battle 1 and 2, the arcade versions. I've never played and just to be able to get the chance to play those for the first time ever was awesome. The first time I ever actually played Mega Man Power Battle 1 and 2 was on the Neo Geo Pocket, which was a, they say 16 bit, but it always looks 8 bit in there. But you know, it was, it, it, the Neo Geo Pocket is infamously known, which is sitting in my desk right now, <laughs> the actual physical version of it. I still own it. Um, they had a, and I still own that cartridge too, the Power Battle uh, cartridge too, because it was an import in Japan. I brought a lot of a lot of um, uh, Japanese imported games for the Neo Geo Pocket Color, and the Neo Geo Pocket for that matter. Um, but they came out with that for the uh, Neo Geo Pocket, and it was a fairly good, you know, adaption to it. But you know, missing was the beautiful graphics that you see in the arcade version. But everything is virtually the same. You know, they just sans the graphic um, capabilities. But this is the first time I got to play it and it plays, I, I feel like I picked up where I left off from the Neo Geo Pocket game. That's how close it was in terms of the gameplay, the options, the selections and everything. It was really cool, uh, really pretty cool. So it looks beautiful, I love it. And I finally get to play these games. Again, I mentioned this before, I really hope that they come out, the next library that they come out with consists of 3D fighters. I need to I need them to do a volume two 3D fighters and I want Tech Romancer in. I want to see um, both. I, not only do I want to see Rival Schools come back, but I want to see Rival Schools 2 come back. And I'm not talking about Project Justice. For those who don't know, there's, you know, when Project Justice came out for the Dreamcast and the arcades, the PlayStation couldn't do what the Dreamcast could at the time. So for for fans who did not own a dreamcast and still wanted the sequel or follow-up to uh, rival schools they came out with a sequel called rival schools 2 which is it has some of the same new characters that the dreamcast one had but you get to do and you know they compensated by allowing you to do so much more you had a deeper uh story mode you had some simulations to it you had some dating sims to it you know options and stuff like that so it was really cool and you could play both and enjoy both because they have both have something to offer offer there so i want them to bring that back um there were other really great 3d fighters that can come in there and i know for a fact that they could do this because those 3d fighters at the time those 3d fighters probably less than two gigs each at best i guarantee you like i would be surprised if either rival schools was less than a gig uh you know because you know the graphics were great for his time but it wasn't that great and 
the CD power of a normal, uh, you know, CD capability. Let me, matter of fact, let me see if this PlayStation one disc, for, um, disc compact, uh, memory, capacity, memory size. Here we go. Let's do that. Let's see what happens. Oh, that's for memory cards. No, um, CD. Let me see. Memory capacity. Let's see. CD-ROMs. Doesn't, can't seem to find it. Can't seem to find the size of the disc. Um, those discs probably back then were probably at least, probably maybe a, maybe a gig or two, probably less than that. So to be able to fit rival schools in there probably wasn't a lot. So we now can fit so much more into one setting. I really want to see this happen. So hopefully it will. But if you're a person who is a fan of Capcom, who grew up on Capcom games, and you haven't gotten any of the games that were in the library for, I believe, which is like 10 different games for uh, that's in there, um, I would recommend getting this in full if for those who have not you know bought the street fighter pack or the bundles and all the stuff and you just want to check out some old school games that help make capcom become who they you know are in the in the industry um the legends that they are go out of your way get the whole thing i highly recommend it get the uh first one too my only beef about this once again just like they did with the you know fighting game pack is that they added street fighter to it why do we need street fighter for every single game and i hate this because i love i street fighter is my all-time favorite number one game of all time why do we need it we have the 30th anniversary that has everyone every single you know street fighter that ever played in arcades or whatever like that um on there and then you have other games you know so that like we don't need it like the bundle what was it the the bundle pack has the um the fighter what is it the beat em up bundle pack there's games that they take from there and all that like if you want if you're if you're like fans of final fight and all games like that they have a library bundle for that they have one for fighting games they have you know other ones but if you just want a mix of really cool capcom games definitely go out and get the arcade stadium one and two they're awesome so go out of your way check it out so um now lastly I want to get my review here of Bright Memory Infinite. Um, you know, I talk about how I've not been a fan of first person shooters, but lately there's been a quite a, a, a few that has come by now. It's not even a couple. It's been a few. It's been like, you know, three of them that I've come across that I've like changed my perspective, changed my 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 views of first person shooters because if it's not just you know you gun toting your way through every stage and every map there has to be something else that grabs me and i'm a melee guy i'm not a guy who likes to hack slash or you know beat them up and stuff like that so if you add that element to it my biggest beef with fps games at the time was basically mostly a you know perspective i like games mostly still no more than anything i like games that you can see the character 
a whole entire character form and everything the first person shooter view i say this and i used to play you know um house of the dead and all those other types of games so it's, it's weird that i say this because i used to love those games too still do but you know seeing games where you just you know after like playing games like god of war and batman arkham asylum like you're missing some really cool elements of the game where you can't see them pull off cool you know moves like this but i started playing stuff like ghostwire tokyo um samurai warriors 3 and recently this one bright memory infinite which uh released in 2019 for the ios and later for the android windows xbox and now nintendo switch and i believe um playstation has it too now and this version here this basically was a mobile game that this company made and it was i guess it was meant to be episodic because this uh i come i learned that this is episode one of it and that makes a lot of sense if that's the case because this is a really short game uh it's it's enough to get you going and wanting to want more but it ends off kind of like open-ended with a bit of a cliffhanger sort of kind of in here and this version provides all of the dlc from the original game plus patch updates based on bugs that occurred when the game originally released so we're getting a version of this game without all of that so if you brought the game back then for the for the mobile system um for your mobile phones and all the stuff and you know or devices and it wasn't working as good as it should have it's working better now because i played through this game and i had no 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 issues no crashes or whatever what was going on and the complaints that was going on before i went through this game with no issues at all i thought it looked great i thought it played awesome and i loved everything about it um but i recognize his limitations as well uh visually it looks awesome so what i said like the dlc from this game consists of um different outfits design swords and guns that you can uh weld or find or whatever like that so we get all of that of course this is a nintendo switch version so they always provide that now one of the most fun fps games i've played to date like and i and i really like tokyo um uh ghostwire tokyo um really really like that that game was awesome that game i hope to also see on a switch either because you know looking at the memory capacity of that it's not that big neither is sifu two games i would hope to see come down the line for the nintendo uh switch because whenever i see something that's not that big um stray also not that big it's like seven gigs long uh seven gigs for a game and it, I, you could tell that that's seven gigs by the way but we'll talk about that in a minute i digress um this this game was really i i really enjoyed this um there are a lot of reasons why i enjoyed this there was a lot of elements that was catered for people like me okay in this game so let's talk about the story briefly in the year 2036 you are shalia a agent of the sro which is the supernatural science research organization who is on a mission to encounter the strange phenomenon in the form of a black hole uh shalia travels to uh travels to the site uh to find out the mystery and what is causing all this pretty much that's all it is so the gameplay for this is unlike other 
FPS games I've played before. It, it, there's elements. It, I, I made this comparison. I felt like I was playing a first person version, uh, uh, a first person um, version of Strider. Um, I felt like there was essence of the anime Spriggan here. Like there's some really cool things and, and there's some elements of Bionic Commando as well. So this felt like a 3D version of that. I, it was a very arcade like ex experience compared to other FPS games I've come across and played before. So I, I really enjoyed this. It wasn't like really playing too hard. It wasn't that challenging and it was in, more enjoyable than anything. Uh, here you have a hybrid combat system that includes shooting hack and slash sword attacks you have this katana that you weld um and the ability to unleash like psychokinetic attacks that can obliterate enemies from afar <laughs> okay um and as you go along there's rp rpg elements that allows you to level up your techniques and do some even more amazing moves that extend the power that you have so you you know of course when you have these type of things like that you have these um rpg elements to it you have to have a new game plus aspect to this as well and they do because once you play the game you can't level up and max out everything at once so once you finish the game you kind of i guess that's where the infinite part comes in because you start right back and repeat the same situation you did before um and you just keep leveling up until you max out and when you max out you're completely powerful you're just bursting through everybody with ease and getting through boss battles with these boss battles are really fun um there's also a unimusha element to this as well i would like to add that part too because you're facing off against unis and demons and whatnot throughout this game and like i said there's a lot of supernatural uh aspect to this too but it's just a lot of fun it's really a lot of fun i felt the the gameplay was very balanced actually more balanced uh than samurai warriors 3 because I felt like that gameplay was too loose, even though you were like, as you were running and jumping and stuff like that, I felt like I had more control and you could feel the balance of the controls as you're bouncing off and doing different abilities. You're doing double jumps, wall, um, you know, wall runs and, you know, just swinging off using a grappling hook from a distance. So all of that felt just right. And whatever they have, whatever issues they had before, again, I didn't get it now. I just like I played through the whole entire game and was ready to play through it again. I really enjoyed my experience, albeit short. The game is just fun. Um, but, you know, because this is episode one. So hopefully the fact that this is going to this came to the switch. I'm hoping this means that they are working on the second episode and possibly um, it coming out soon. Graphics wise, it actually looks really good on on this platform. It reminds me of um because this was a mobile game and it looks this good or you know it reminded me of uh infinity uh infinity blade which was the you know the uh company the developer uh company chair i don't think they exist anymore unfortunately and that's awful because it was their game that really spearheaded the uh iphone because of how awesome you know the graphic power that this that that game series looked on the iphone and they managed to make three different games and it was awesome that was my first uh encounter with uh the actor troy baker because he played the voice of the main character in that game and i i was immediately uh drawn to his you know his talents from that game and uh i was all i was all for the game but the graphic power of that looked great so this game being it was on the ios 
I now understand, you know, how awesome the iOS is, but also how awesome this game is from there. So one can only hope with this being released on a switch that they're coming out with the part two. So overall, if you're looking, if you're not into FPS games, but you may want to experiment, if you will, or you want to ease your way in, I talked about this, you know, again, I mentioned this with, um, Tokyo, um, Ghostwire Tokyo as, as that being one of the games that you might want to play as a easy to get into FPS game that can warm you into other FPS games. I recommend that. I also recommend this. This is a a really good start to doing this. I want to see more first person shooter games like this, where you're not just shooting people, but you're able to do other things. And a lot of first person shooter games, like they have melee attacks, but it's just, you just like, you're just swinging one punch. I want to do much more than that. And this one kind of provided you with a little bit more to, you know, for that, you know, a little bit more diversity for uh for your buck and it's only 1999 so i really enjoyed the fact that it was limited it was short but it provided you a lot of fun but it fairly priced itself in a way that i think that it was best like if they charged you any more than this i would have cried foul and i probably would have gave it a lesser score because uh, or a lesser grade for that matter because i don't think that this deserved anything more than what it is for the price that you gave it and for 20 for 1999 for this you know a little bit now i'll say it's one episode but the one episode consists of it's about like maybe two hours of gameplay that you're getting into which is you can get through and get out but it's a fun two hours of gameplay that you're getting into so uh if i give this game a grade it's definitely going to be a grade of b so it's it gets a solid b for me um Hopefully we'll get the second episode coming soon. The gameplay was great. Uh, I wanted to see more. I wanted to have more, but for what it's worth, it gave you a nice amount to work off with. And here's the hoping we get to see episode two and three or whatever, how many they need to end this story on. So we'll see folks that will do it for this portion of the show. We're going to take a break, come back and I am going to talk about my thoughts on the game stray, the cat filled adventure of you going through a kind of a cyberpunk-esque type of environment with a cat. So we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live!
have reached the final stage of this program and I'm here to review Stray, which is out now for the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and Microsoft Windows or Steam, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's developed by Blue 12 Studios, published by Annapurna Interactive using the Unreal Engine. And this is a really pretty awesome platformer to some extent. Um, it is awesome, but it is not perfect. This game has you playing a cat, a stray cat. You know, if you want to go into terminology of what breed this is, this is a butterscotch tabby, I believe. I know because I used to own a butterscotch tabby that looked just like this. And the story with this is that, you know, you're this cat who runs astray from the other cats that you lived and played with. And you go into this adventure off into this post-apocalyptic kind of cyberpunkish type of environment. And you go on in this adventure, you find this, you know, companion, this drone companion named B12, who is trying to find his memory of what has happened to him and what has happened to society in general. Uh, is things have changed, the environment has gone abrupt. Uh, everything that we feared that has happened in the real world has happened in this world, even worse. And all that is left is a bunch of droids. Uh, Basically, they're robots that are, you know, with their own personality, they have their own AI and, uh, you know, artificial intelligence. So they live among a society now and they have a fear of all of these different things that are going on. These uh, viruses, these little creatures that can bite through metal and stuff like that. So they're inhabited in this one area and here. And um, it's really interesting. So. Your, your cat ends up finding B12 and B12 is able to be able to uh, communicate with the cat and to communicate with the machines. So they work together. The cat ends up wearing this kind of a backpack that can carry the drone as well. And they go off on this adventure. The thing about this game is that, and I'm seeing something very interesting here. Um, I'm, I'm looking up online as well, but um, this is what I was hoping for. Players are putting their own pets into the game. This is something I wish they they had in here that I wish they didn't. The Washington Post put out an article about the game saying that, um, you know, players are modding the game to put their own cats in there. And I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted. I wish they would have added this on in the first place. This is one of the, this is one of the pet peeves I'd had about this game is like, why just make it a butterscotch tabby? Why not just put a you know, a color filter on there, um, a color uh, palette in there that allow you to create your own breed of cat in here. Cause I'm pretty sure that most of the people who bought this game are cat lovers and a game that's starring a cat in such a post-apocalyptic world that is adventuring. You want to visualize your cat in this situation. So like my cat, especially, uh, I wanted to do. So it looks like, of course, the PC nation out there Excuse me. <coughs> Notice I got a cough when I said PC Nation. <coughs> Sorry. The PC Nation out there, or I hate to call them the Master Race because that's such a bigger issue to that name. But, you know, the modders out there, they went into their own and they, you know, decided to mod their own versions of their cats in there. Um, it'd be cool if down the line, they put a, you know, an update in there that allows you to do that. I would love that because as a cat owner myself, well, I want my cat to be represented at the same time after playing this game, maybe not because 
you'll get into some situations where you got to run away from these creatures. I forgot what they're called, but you're going, you're fighting these creatures and you're running away from these creatures. And if these creatures that look like alien mice catch up with you, they will eat you alive and the game is over. And it looks, it's horrible. It's inhumane to see that, but this is part of the game. This is part of the game's lore. So um, the thing I loved about it was the story. The story was very Pixar-like in a sense um because you're a cat and you're with this robot and you know the, the the premise feels very pixar in terms of the storytelling but you're in this journey to find you know to untangle this mystery of this uh long forgotten city and them trying to purify it in a way that can bring sunlight or whatever to it so you're in this really interesting journey this is a third person platformer pretty much um and the places that you go you there's a lot of stealth into this game now what i was hoping what i saw in the trailer what a lot many people saw in the trailer was this cat going into these different adventures i was hoping or thinking that there would be some other there would be a combat system to this and it really wasn't um it was very simplistic it was just a overall it was more like a stealth game because you have you have your cat just going around, you know, just sneaking around to different places, solving puzzles um, and stuff like that, which is great. But after a while, I was like, I want something new. I want something different. I didn't feel like it was changing up enough. And if I have to go through this entire game running away from those little alien mice thingies, then I'm going to be pissed because I need to be upgraded to be able to take them on. And, you know, I, I want to, you know, have some type of RPG element that allow me to be a little bit more powerful as a journey on. But luckily, that doesn't really happen. Spoiler alert. That really doesn't happen. You know, that happens, I think, maybe 25% of the gameplay of the game experience that you play will involve that. And then you're going to other things. So I, I didn't mind that. But this is basically you just going through stealths and puzzles and all this stuff. And again, much like uh bright memory infinite this is kind of a short game um this was like like i said i mentioned this was like pixar this is like one of pixar's short stories that it's really awesome in a sense but it's a short story uh so i would i'm actually because there's a lack of things that you could do in a game and all you're doing is just solving puzzles and, and doing stealth throughout the whole thing i'm really glad that this wasn't as long as it was um the other thing too that was misleading from the trailer was the graphics the graphics it, for it to be for a playstation 5 game regardless of it being played on playstation 4 and steam and all the stuff or just playstation 4 i would is i was expecting something to be a little bit more you know um modern more update you know next gen if you will i didn't get that when you look at the model of the cat like the cat's fur it, it does it doesn't apply on air even you know even if you do close-ups like what you see in the in the art of the game if you look at the art of the game and you see the cat there the cat looks like it has a little bit more fur than it has but then when you play the game and i'm playing it on a ps5 under 4k on a 4k tv it doesn't really look as good as you would expect it to look the environments look great um the lighting and shadowing looks awesome but the cat itself just looks like they could have added a little bit more. And when you look at the game memory size, 
it's only seven gigs, which is why I was talking to um, a friend of mine, you know, who's in our ACMG Facebook group, because, you know, we're both cat, you know, parents, I guess, <laughs> here. And we're talking about because we're both playing it. And we're also showing videos of our cats actually getting invested in watching it. And she has the cutest picture of her cat because she's playing it, I guess, on Steam and she's playing it on her laptop. So the cat is sitting right next to her watching the whole entire game. And you have the, you know, the button that you can hit to hit meow. They did this purposely because just for the reason of, you know, if you're a cat owner and you hear the cat meowing and everything, you know, your own cat is going to pay attention to that. And that's exactly what they did. And there are videos out there now of cats paying attention to the whole thing. So mission accomplished on that. They do exactly what they're doing. The as, as far as the characteristics of the cat itself, I thought it was really well done. They really did capture a lot of the mannerisms of the cat and the abilities of the cat. What I didn't like is that you couldn't jump. And the only time you could jump is if you're near certain areas. And I knew that was restricted for a reason. Um, but man, I'm sorry. But when you do those chase scenes and you're running away from scenes, damn it, you better give me an idea to jump. <laughs> and I got to wait till I get to the very end to hit the X button. No, that creeped me out, but it, it worked. It worked for it. I just wish there was some more to this game. It wasn't as much as I would like. Um, again, it was a short game, but it was beautifully done. The story was beautifully told. Um, the ending was beautiful. Um, for what it was worth. I see now when I talk about, um, bright memory, uh, infinite, I, you know, I was talking about how like they charged you the amount of money that I think it was worth to play and bright memory infinite to me was worth 20 bucks for the short amount of action that they provide, but they did give you a nice amount of action to provide. This was, I believe, I think 30, 29 99. I'm a little bit iffy considering the fact that it was a short experience, just as just as short as what you play from Bright Memory Infinite, <laughs> but you got to do a little bit less. The story was strong. The story was the strongest point. Um, it was it lacked the graphic power that you would want in this game. The ability to not be able to, you know, change the color palette of the cat that would have been awesome. I would I would have wanted to see more from this. Uh, we didn't get that much and it's unfortunate, but it's not to say that the game is bad or not worth playing. <laughs> the price is a little above fair to me in a sense. Um, but overall, I did enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. It didn't, you know, blow me away as much as I was hoping it would do, but I thought it did a really good job. It told a really good story. Um, just, it just, when I finished the game. I just felt like I wanted more. I wanted to see more and I don't think I got what I want from it. But overall, <coughs> excuse me. If you're a cat fan, if you're a cat owner, and the, if you don't mind some of the post-apocalyptic horror that you see in the game, because there are some parts of the game that like really freaks you out in there. Um, it, there were some really, really, eerie parts to this game it was like you know and on the week that you know jordan pills nope came out that's what really came to mind when i went in some of those stages it was like nope 
<laughs> I don't want to deal with that. Um, but you know, it was pretty good. I really, I really enjoyed it for what it was, but I really felt that it, I, it could have done a lot more or wish they would have added more to it. It gave you something really to, you know, to, you know, bite into. So with that said, much like bright memory, infinite, I'm going to give this a B not the best game in the world. I say, if you know, if you're a cat fan, you're going to want to probably check it out and try it. Um, game of the year. No, I think there's going to be a lot more indie games that really gave you a, more for your um, buck. And we talk about indie games, <coughs> excuse me, regardless of this being on it, on it, on the, um, you know, unreal engine, this is an indie game. I'm sorry. The turtles gave you way, way more to bite than this. Um, so much more. So if they're, if they're going to be in the same category, I can't see this beating the turtles i cannot see that you know when it comes to the game awards um if this is cleared as an indie game yeah i'm sorry like you could do what you want say what you want when you talk about in terms of continuity and and and, and depth turtles revenge uh shredder's revenge gave you so much more and i don't think i paid them i, I think i'd rather pay the same price or not as much for that game as you would you know i mean so that game, I think I gave a clear A plus because of the production value, the presentation, everything. This was great presentation of visuals, um, but it was still with not without its limitations. So that's why this is getting to be. I came out of this not, still hungry, if you will, for more. So, uh, like I said, go out of your way, check it out, and you won't be you won't feel wrong about it. But nonetheless, it's not everything that is cracked up to be either. So, folks. That will do it for this edition of Select Start. I hope you guys enjoyed this and every episode that we have. Um, this Sunday on Talk Time Live, we actually probably will be the last Talk Time Live uh, in Select Start I do for this week. Maybe, no, I might do another Select Start. Actually, I think I will because uh, Gun Vault, uh, Azure Gun Vault uh, 3 came out. So I am currently playing that and I will give a shout out to my man matt papa who used to work for nt creates but he left uh i think he's working for limited run in japan right now uh working for that game company uh right now so um that's i believe was one of his last projects that he worked on for that company but i'll be reviewing that next week and i'll probably be the last one it won't be a, a show um on sunday next week because it is my 17th wedding anniversary so i am going to be uh doing what we should be doing for the 17th anniversary and just relaxing and enjoying the 17 really adventurous years that I had with my wife thus far. So that will be out, but we'll be back next week. But I'm coming back with some great stuff because August is here and I got some new exclusive interviews coming that, uh, for August and you're going to want to definitely listen to this. Um, Danielle Kennedy, who's been on a show, but two guests has been on a show prior to will be back. Uh, Danielle Kennedy, who you guys uh, had got a chance to talk to talk with uh, or see me interview before. Uh, she was back to talk about her experience on Ghostbusters Afterlife. She made an appearance there, amongst other things that she was involved with. She mentioned a project that she was involved with that she could not talk about at that time. Well, she could talk about it now because we got to see her in the trailer to the new Jamie Foxx movie starring um, uh, Jamie, Snoop Dogg, Megan Good, and a host of others. You guys seen the trailer to this? You've seen Danielle because she plays the the vampire granny in there that <laughs> that, 
uh, Jamie Foxx actually fights in the very beginning of that trailer. So we're going to talk about her experience in there in that movie that they spent like $100 million to make, by the way. And you could tell with the special effects that they put on her and the things that they had her do. So um, that was a big budget. That was a big budget project that Netflix has put together and, they, you know, going to be in there. So we are going to talk about her experience with that. Uh, I love her to death. She is such a great friend. She's been a great friend and a great client that I work with through some time. So get ready. She's coming back on. But at the near the end of August, Dragon Ball Super Superheroes is coming out. And now that we know what the trailer and what it's going to be about, I couldn't help but to bring on a good friend and now star of that movie back. Kyle Hebert, the voice of teen and adult Gohan, will be on the show to talk about his role in the movie that is basically about him, is basically about Gohan and Piccolo, you know, leveling up to become the most powerful fighters in the world, in the in, on Earth. Of course, his father is the most powerful, you know, fighter in the universe. So somebody has to hold down the Earth bad and we've been waiting to see gohan step it up here so get ready kyle is coming back to talk about that um most likely probably after the movie comes out and uh probably we i think we already got we already have a set date for it so it just comes down to you know post-production time and everything so it will be definitely right around it's like a little after the um a little after the movie comes out. So I'll go to see the movie. The movie's playing right up the street for me. It's playing worldwide. This is how big this is. This is going to be the biggest anime movie of the year. And I think this might make more than My Hero Academia World Hero Missions, which, by the way, we finally got a release date for that one. That's coming out in August as well. Finally. So pre-order it now. It's out on everywhere where it's going to be sold in digital and uh get ready that's coming out as well but i'm gonna have kyle back on and i'm looking forward to talking to him about that and everything he's been going on since so get ready all that's there plus our episodes will be back so if you like this in every episode go to talktimelive.com to check out our audio episodes our exclusive video episodes and interviews all in 4k as of right now and um much, much more. There's so much more to check out out there. And if you want to subscribe and download, we, we're everywhere where podcasts are played, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora. And shout out to all you in Tumblr. You can follow me there on Talk Time Live. Just type in Talk Time Live. You will find this show on Tumblr as well. If you want to follow me on Instagram at Xavier underscore Josiah, you can find me there. And uh, just keep supporting us. Keep supporting the show. Keep telling the show. Spread the word. Everything. And we thank you for joining us every week. Folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.